Hey yo, we was having a ball, and you know they asked me to get on the mic, and they asked me, can I kick it? Words. Can I kick it? Jamie Villalobos. I hope I said that correctly. Fun fact, we had to, I had to practice that a few times before I said it. But uh, thank you for joining us on this fine Monday. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I've been excited to do it. Of course, you have, you have helped my mastermind when it comes to many things. And now you're going to help us when it comes to many things. I think today we should definitely touch on your vast life experience and specifically two things, leadership and your new book, which I know you're either done with your launch or almost done with your launch, but we still have to talk about it a little bit just so people could check it out. Um, I know your story, but um, a lot of people listening might not. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll talk some leadership. Sure. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, I've been an entrepreneur for 23 years now. Um, I actually grew up in Montana. I was born in California. Parents moved to Montana, northeastern corner. Like right when I was born, they did not want to raise me in California. So we moved to this like middle of nowhere town of 325 people. So <laughs> very tiny town, very small thinking. And growing up, we were very poor. I was the oldest of six kids. And we lived in a trailer kind of on the edge of town that was kind of falling apart most of the time. And uh, I just knew I didn't want to be poor. I had, had to listen to my parents argue about money and about which bills we could pay and not, you know, not pay. And sometimes about, you know, where we were going to have food uh, or propane to heat the, the trailer. And so I just knew we were poor. I hated that. And also kind of had a scared feeling for my younger siblings. So I wanted to do well. I wanted to be able to be an example to them. I wanted to uh, help them if I could. And so after high school, I came out to California, started working in corporate America. I started actually working in a gym eventually and, uh, you know, Bally's Health Club. And I was managing a bunch of the gyms. And after about four and a half years there, I, I hit an income ceiling and couldn't make, couldn't make any more money. I uh, was working long hours. I was working typically about 11 hours a day, uh, sometimes seven days a week. And so even working that many hours, making more than all my friends who were 21, 22 years old, I was making about 70,000, still wasn't able to do what I wanted to do with my dreams and also help my family back home. And so I just knew that there was a better way. I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to uh, do something that was making more of an impact. But I think more than anything, I wanted to uh, learn again. I had stopped learning. I had stopped growing. I had stopped being challenged. I felt like I was on that hamster wheel, pretty much getting up, doing the same thing every single day go home, go to bed just to do it again the next day. So growing more and more uh, dissatisfied all the time. Um, and then also my stepmom back home in Montana had gotten very ill after having twin babies. And um, so it was just nonstop um, medical stuff, surgeries with her. And she was unable to, at that time, take care of my younger siblings. And so my nine-year-old sister was raising those babies. And I just felt like I had to do something special with my life. I had to do something more. Uh, I wanted to be successful uh, because 
I wanted to be able to help them, but more importantly, I wanted to be an example to them that it doesn't matter where we came from or what we went through. All that matters is where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do with our life. So it was more on becoming somebody. And luckily I, I met a lady at the gym who introduced me to, uh, uh, the first company that I was a part of that taught me entrepreneurship, taught me leadership, was exposed to amazing leaders that kind of took me under their wing. I was great at uh, developing mentor relationships and and using those to the max and uh, started growing uh, my capacity as a leader and as an individual and um, obviously as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I got a question for you. Uh, just to foreshadow, I grew up poor as well. Uh, my father got cancer when I was young and he was a, he was a high earner and high performer and couldn't work anymore. So uh, you find, I found things out later that like being an athlete growing up and my mother taking food off of her plate to give me, cause I was hungry. I didn't know that was all the food we had for that night. You know, I didn't know things like that. I didn't know that my savings account that they held on to because I was like 12 cutting people's grass to make money and they made me save it all. I didn't know that they were using it to pay bills until I asked for it to buy Nintendo games. So like similar, right? Understanding similar where you're coming from and owning gyms at one point in my life. I get it. I mean, you just work around the clock for usually not a lot of money unless you have a really good model in place to say the least. Uh, so you know, I think my, my first question is to you, I want to know fundamentally if you ever quote unquote, get tired of telling your story about growing up, um, on interviews often, I would imagine, or speeches often, or imagine, I know you're, I know you're on stages with thousands of people watching you. So, uh, if yeah. not more. So, you know, my question to you is because at times I, I don't think I get tired. I think it's just redundant for me, but maybe you can shed some perspective on if you ever like get tired of telling your story growing up that you just told. You know, it's funny when I was first asked to start telling my story, when I'm introducing myself, I'm like, no one wants to hear my story. My story is boring. I grew up in Medicine Lake, Montana. Like <laughs> it's so like boring snoozeville. Right. And people said, no, 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 they can connect with you. And even if they don't have a similar story, they have goals, they have dreams, they're chasing the dream and they're not there yet. And so I thought, okay, so I started to tell my story and then everybody asked me, tell me your story, tell me your background. So I would tell them and then everybody would say, man, you inspired me so much. And honestly, like, you know, thousands of people have told me like, you know, you have inspired me, you've touched me, you kept me in my business, I was going to quit. And so I said, okay, well, I guess this helps. And then someone told me one time, you know, when you're teaching something, maybe in your business that you're teaching over and over again, or you're telling your story for the 10,000th time, the person in the audience is hearing it for the first time. And so we can't get bored of ourselves. And I know lots of leaders that do, they get bored with telling the same stories over and over or doing the same monotonous task over and over. And so, you know, in my businesses, I have put systems in place and it's typically the system runs the business. It's, I don't want my businesses to be personality driven where I have to be in it all the time. So I put systems in place. Well, that means to get those systems up and running, I got to do the same thing over and over and over again. And so I always say, you know, monotony is boring. 
but it also funds the variety, you know, the trips to Hawaii and Fiji and Tahiti. So, you know, so don't ever get bored with um, what, what works in your business, but also your story. Because again, if it's connecting with someone, if it's helping them to, to, to kind of light the fire inside themselves of what their goals and dreams are and their whys are, uh, you know, you can't really motivate people but you can hopefully ignite that spirit of motivation inside them when they figure out what they really want. And that's, I guess, over the years, what my story has done for, for a lot of people. Practice makes perfect, huh? Yeah. 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 You know, thank you for reinforcing that for me and for anyone listening who might be thinking the same thing. Um, it might even be a little selfish of me to be like, okay, this is, you know, this is getting redundant. Like I should step aside from that and focus on exactly what you said. So I appreciate you offering that perspective and advice. And, and I know you have a lot of perspective and advice on leadership specifically. Uh, you have approximately 6,000 people that work for you, uh, internationally, is it? Uh, yeah, it is internationally. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to leadership, I would say that you are definitely subject matter expert and learning your perspective when it comes to leadership is definitely some gold. Uh, at the point in life that you're at now, do you, uh, do you ever reflect on or have you ever reflect on a huge mistake that you made maybe in life, business, or in this case, leadership that you had to deal with. And in this case, got through, can you offer any perspective? Yeah. On, on I mean, that? there's so many, <laughs> so many mistakes. I mean, that's what winning is, right? It's failing mm -hmm. forward. Um, you know, I, I have been a student of leadership. I still, I still am honestly, you know, so I'm still growing. I'm still a work in progress. But I know that uh, leaders are the ones that make the big bucks. But to be the best leader, you must first be the best follower. And so early on in my business, yes, I had to learn a bunch of skills. I had to learn about the different products in my industry and you know just marketing and all these wonderful things. But I think the number one thing that pays me the big bucks is the leadership. So I became a big student of leadership, uh, seeking out mentors, seeking out um, uh, different people, even if I didn't have a connection with them yet, I would study the things that they put out, like their videos or you know those things, and uh, just kind of made my uh, car become a library with audio books and now podcasts and those things. So yeah, I mean, I've been a big student of of leadership, but um, but made a lot of mistakes in in so many things. I mean, and most of them are minor mistakes. At the time, they didn't feel like minor mistakes. They felt like the end of the world, usually. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But all of them were for my good. All of them were for me to learn and grow as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a mentor to others. So yeah, so not a big deal. Um, I would th say the biggest, I look at all of them as learning things. So nothing I would really go back and change. Um, even the hardest ones, even the ones I was in like in tears every night, like wanting to quit. Um, because they made me stronger. they made me able to help other people through their tough times. So I could be able to coach people through um, their disasters. <laughs> so, but I, but I, yeah, I think the biggest two that I would mention is just early on, um, you know, being such a strong leader uh, that I would sometimes become 
more bossy than I should have been. You know, I'm direct uh, and I have a kind of no excuses mentality for myself. Same. And I project that onto others. Or I did a lot in the beginning where, you know, I expect them to want it like I wanted. I expected them to, you know, perform and work as hard as I worked. And it would be frustrating to me. Um, and so I had to learn uh, at the cost of some good people that would still be in my businesses that um, have gone on to start their own businesses uh, and those things of, from the things that I've taught them. But um, but I but because I wasn't as great of a communicator as I could be, you know, or I am now. So I had to become a student of human nature. I had to become a student of almost a psychology, psychology and, yeah. <laughs> and how to motivate people and how to bring out the best of people and how to encourage and praise and recognize people the proper way. And, um, but not in a manipulative way, in a way that helps them get out of their own way. So I have studied so much just the art of communication with individuals. So now instead of coaching everybody like I would like to be coached, I coach them how they would like to be coached. And so I have to learn who they are and I have to learn kind of their personalities. And so some people, unlike myself, need like, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad we're working together. And they need like a hug and, and those things. And I don't really, really need that. Be human, but yeah. they do before I give them direction. Mm -hmm. Others need to be kind of feeling like we're in this, you know, diplomatic, like everybody has their own say and everyone has a seat at the table and I'm asking them all the questions and that's great. And then others need firm direction, you know, like almost like a boss telling them what to do. And so I have to kind of invest time into getting to know these individuals and what their psychological needs are to be able to have them perform at the, the their, their max and become the version that they should become of themselves. So, so I've had to learn, you know, incredible communication skills um, because I've made so many mistakes on that and lost really great people or blown people out. That's one. The other one is just going so hardcore, burning the candle at both ends in the beginning, which I did, you know, for years. And, and I got sick. They said I had lupus. They had, they said I had an autoimmune disease. Ooh. I don't know. Uh, they said I was incurable. Um, and obviously I have enough mental toughness and learned enough to not listen to negative people that I was able to apply a lot of the stuff I've done in business, setting goals, affirmations, visualizing, um, you know, law of attraction, those things to, I cured myself in 18 months of that incurable disease. But I do know that it, I learned a lot from that mistake of not having self-care, not, you know, putting my own needs first, just going a hundred miles an hour, 24 seven. So now, um, you know, people always say, oh, you can't compete with Jamie because she's not going to burn out. And I think that that's, there's some truth there that I'm not going to burn out because I know more than anybody, how to take care of my own needs. You know, your thresholds. I know my thresholds. You I know. know, you know, more than like, even with other people, I know my own needs. I'm a, became a student of myself at one point when that all happened. And, um, and I know not just thresholds, but really, uh, how, how to balance well, mm -hmm. um, how to, to meet my needs so that I can like get to a new level and, and not, like I said, feel the, the anxiety, the stress, the burnout, the, Oh, I just need a break type mentality. I don't, I don't get there anymore. Um, God, there's so many things I want to say. Same. Uh, my first decade in business, my first decade was me not leading people correctly. And I'm not perfect at all in my second decade, by no means. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, I've learned 
to take that direct, no bullshit leadership approach and cater it. And it's still patience when it comes to developing and understanding the people that work for you, or as I like to say with you yeah. is, is practice makes perfect when it comes to that. Right. Uh, especially in my case, and I'm sure many people listening too. So I can fully, fully, fully relate to that. In addition to that, I agree. No, no mistake should be looked at as that shouldn't have happened because you wouldn't have learned the lesson to be able to apply it to yourself, let alone the other people that you coach. Um, I want to go down so many tangents, but for the sake of your time, I won't because there's so many things I want to hear you say, and I hope this doesn't step over the the line. And if it does, just tell me. But do you ever see any polarities between like the mistakes and leadership in business, and maybe like on the home front? Because I know you're huge into family, and you have I think how many kids do you have? You have four. I have four kids. You have four I kids. Have, yeah, and From dogs. Seven to seventeen. I have four kids. <laughs> wow, your daughter's got a she, she got her license. I saw. Yeah, Daisy's, she's driving. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I know you're a huge family person as well. And I believe you also teach the, um, I guess, for lack of better terms, balance between work and family. Do you ever see like a polarity between the mistakes that you make in business also happen at home with leadership? Um, kind of, it's more, um, my imperfections of being impatient with people <laughs> that that it kind of goes spills over to both mm-hmm. <laughs> being impatient and I so I've you. learned to um, be impatient with myself mm. like always in a hurry to grow to get better to to you know get the job done or implement this next thing but being patient with others yeah so um but so I've learned also the things the skills that I have um you know I noticed before like I would be patient and um, using all these communication techniques that I've learned to, you know, to communicate better with the leaders in my business and the people I was developing. But then with my husband, I was still impatient. Mm. And, you know what I mean? With my husband, I would be, you know, I would never go to the guy in my business and tell him all the negative stuff or like, you know, vent with him. You know, I would never be, I always be positive and encouraging and lifting him up. But then I'd come home to my husband and be like, this happened, this happened, this happened. This happened. <laughs> so, so instead, because he's your husband, right? Yeah. Because you're closest to them, mm-hmm. you know, you feel comfortable with them, you feel safe with them. Yeah. And so then you feel like you can dump on them. Right. And so I learned to then try to treat my family and especially my spouse as like I would my la- like I get home from a long day, my last appointment for the day. I would, if, if a client called me at 10 o'clock and said, I want to do this big sale or whatever, I, you know, even if I was tired, I would get on that call or that zoom or whatever. And I would still be excited. I'd be positive and I would get that deal done. Yes. Well, why should I come home and like get, you know, with my spouse and just be like, you know, a negative or whatever. So I treat them like the last appointment for the day. And so giving my energy as if they were, you know, they just like they deserve. And so I, ch- yeah. I changed that to my, my husband or my kids or whatever. They're more important to me than any client. They're more important to me than any of these people in my business. Um, so why wouldn't I apply 
that that same communication uh, things that I that I know that I've taught you know I've learned um, to them, and so um, in my home, it has to come faith and family first, and the environment in my home. Yeah, I'm going to be tired sometimes. Yeah, I'm going to be impatient sometimes. Well, you're not perfect. <laughs> no, and we're not perfect. Yeah. You know, but yeah, we've got, got to apply that here first, and especially with your family because you know one of the goals are, I guess my, in my business, my overall vision and business plan is a theme called she built champions. And that's through, you know, the leaders that I have developed that have even started their own philanthropies and things like that to also hopefully the legacy with my children and my grandchildren and, and what they do with their lives. Right. And so it all kind of overlaps in this, you know, you shouldn't be a different person at home than you are in your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you are the same, you have the same, I have the same vision overall, instead of just having a goals or business plan, a vision of my overall life and my legacy and the things that I want for generations. And so that, so it's the same. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm the same person I strive to be at home in my business in when I'm teaching others, mentoring others, uh, that, that you should have faith, family, business or finance and, um, and then your wellness or your fitness goals, all like my four favorite F's are faith, family, fitness, finance. Right. And if you can get all of those going, then you'll have fulfillment. And that's my favorite F, but you know, I see so many people making millions, but they're miserable. You've seen it too. Oh yeah. They, you know, I, I don't think, you know, my book is called happy and strong. And what that means to me, that title or that philosophy is that when success or winning is that you're happy and strong. I don't want you to get make all this money. And then in the end, you're divorced and your kids don't want to talk to you or you're burnt out and you have no, your health is, it's cost you your health. And so you're spending all your money buying your health back. I've seen that a hundred times. So, you know, that's, that's the philosophy there that it all really is the, this better version of you, this dream life that you're building yeah. and this, this uh, legacy that you're leaving behind of uh that you are successful happy and and fulfilled that you love your life you adore your life you know it, it i'm going to talk about what i call money guys uh but bef- meaning people that make a lot of money but have nothing else uh i'm going to i'm going to talk about that for a second but before i say that there's a there's a quote that i teach in leadership um with my perspective is and and it's exactly what you're saying leadership isn't when it's convenient. It's always meaning, right? Like, okay, you're successful at leading your companies. You also have to be successful at leading at home or in your case with your family and your kids. And I know you got a bunch of dogs too, right? In the community, in the philanthropies that I'm a part of. Yeah. It's, it's, it's every area of your life. Every area. And I think that is one of the opportunity areas for a lot of younger leaders, including myself coming up, which was, okay, we're good at leadership in this department. For instance, I learned leadership in combat. Yeah. Much (laughs) different leadership than owning gyms. Much different, like opposite ends of the spectrum. But the point that I'm getting at is, right, okay, so we're good at leadership in this department. Where can we improve? And that 
that kind of connects to you talking about constantly looking at your self-improvement and looking at yourself in the mirror. And we're always evolving as humans, as long as we have a growth mindset, right? right? So things are constantly changing when it comes to our awareness of our own strengths and weaknesses. Um, as he is one of your favorite, he's also one of my favorite, Napoleon Hill. And I love how he teaches um, an open mindset, but how thoughts can really dictate um, what we do or don't see. And in yeah. the context of this conversation, is ourselves and our leadership. Um, bridging back to the money guys, m my perspective, and, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective on it. Um, and, and, I, and I've been that guy to a degree earlier in my career, making a shitload of money, making money isn't really that difficult, but a lot of people see that as success and only success, the only success. What I have learned and teach is success is well-rounded. Success in your health, just like you're talking about. Success in your faith, just like you're talking about. Success in your family life. Success is well-rounded. And I think we're saying the same thing just differently. You've probably had much more experience with men and women that have made an enormous amount of monies and yeah. sacrificed their families and their health and then try to get it back. Being in my, I'm in my, um, I'm 37, I'm in my late 30s. I'm starting to see people like my peers or people that I've come up with that are now losing their families and or are 50 to 100 pounds overweight, but yep. make seven figures net a year. And it's like, cool, that's good. However, let's focus on some other things. Like, let's talk about how right. to date your wife. When was the last time you took your wife out on a date? What do you mean, Chris? Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Open the fucking door, set the <laughs> reservation, tell her where you're going, pull the chair out, order the food, you know, order the appetizers, order the drinks, go date your wife. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I've done that in years. I know. So let's talk about your fitness too. But fundamentally, what I'm getting at is, I don't know if you would agree with my statement of that success and leadership is, is well-rounded. It's not just financial. Yeah. Well, I think also, because if you are going to lead thousands or tens of thousands of people, you do need to be a good example. I mean, I, I want to be an example of how to win. And when I, I know when I look at mentors, um, I have had wonderful mentors in like John Maxwell and Ed Milet and another guy named Rich Tholly, who is, he's, he's amazing. And I know I, I, when I pick mentors and had developed these wonderful relationships with these types of guys and, and gals too, um, I, I look at every area of their life. I mean, I, yeah, I do have mentors in business separate than mentors in my like spiritual life, possibly, or my fitness. I wouldn't necessarily, unless it's Ed, maybe have one of my business mentors <laughs> teaching me fitness, you know, but um, spirituality, the guy's a beast. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> but I do want them, like if I follow them, like, and let me yeah. just tell you, like your, your listeners can ask themselves this question. If they follow you and they do as you do or follow your example, let's say, 
will they be happy and strong? If you're just a money guy, a lot of these money guys make lots of money, but they don't save their money. They're spending it all as soon as it comes in on the big houses and the cars and all these things. And then we see in 2008, boom, they're back to ground zero, right? Or during the the pandemic, people lost, they were making millions, but lost their business. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have this solid, strong foundation financially as well. So I, I look at Am I a good example? If they follow me, if they teach, they follow my teachings, but also my example, and they do as I do, will they be happy as well as successfully, you know, financially? So, so that's, that's a question I ask myself. So I, I don't, I know I don't have to be perfect because it's not for them. You know, I have my own whys of why I'm winning and who I'm doing this for. So it's not, I don't have to be perfect for them. I don't have to be like, I've had people tell me all the time, Jamie, you're the only person I know that has like, you know, it all, or, you know, the successful marriage and, you know, millions of, inc- you know, in income and in all these things. And then they, they expect me to be there, whatever, but that's not, that's not what I am. I mean, I, I, if they're coming to me for coaching or they're part of my organization, I feel like as a leader, I have stewardship to help them to win. They're coming to me for guidance. They're looking to me as that example. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're the person that's teaching the one thing as far as your communication or your leadership or helping them to win in business, but then you come home and beat your wife and you, you know, no, seriously you, though, seriously, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, or you're you're you're. I've seen it. I mean, yeah. When I remember early on in my career, like twenty Copious years ago, drugs. yeah, Ed used to Ed Milet used to tell me like, do you have to be a business athlete, Jamie? Yep. And, and I was, you know, I was in shape. I worked in a gym. I, I was in great shape. But as I started to really get my business off the ground, I would, you know, go to the gym less and go through the drive through once in a while. You know, I started mm-hmm. to, to ha- take on bad habits in my health and, of course, led to other things. But, um, but Ed would warn me. So I love that, you know, um, these great leaders like Ed Milet would say, hey, you know, a strong of a strong sign of a strong leader is you're growing closer to God, get your spiritual life in order, you know, be our business athlete. So they would always teach a good leader is always going to teach, I think, in a way that's not just one sided, like you said, well rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, if you're going to teach it, you got to live it, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, got to lead so, by example. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Hey, here's the thing. Like, if you if you, again, those four F's, faith, family, fitness, finance, faith, you know, that could mean different things to different people. You know, there, I, I teach people, I don't know, I have every faith in my, in my business that I teach. I have Buddhists, I have um, Christian, I have, you know, Jewish, I have every, I have everybody sure, sure. and every nationality and we're a very, very diverse group, but, um, but it could also mean you becoming a better person. Mm-hmm. So many people like listen to these podcasts or, you know, read all these, you know, self-development books, but real self-development is this is what you, you're doing. And this is what you know you ought to be doing as far as being a good person and, you know, really improving your habits and then closing the gap. What it is, is self-discipline. Mm-hmm. You closing that gap. Maybe as a leader, you know, you have some bad habits that really aren't serving you and they're turning some of the people off. Big time. Right. So maybe you need to get better at those things. So that's what that category could be setting goals of self improvement, of, of becoming a better communicator, a better leader, kinder, right? And then closing that gap. 
And then fitness, same thing. <laughs> what you know you should be doing, what you ought to be doing to be make you more healthy. Because honestly, and, and I mean fitness as in not just your physical body, but your mental wellness. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's where a lot of these leaders go wrong is because they're not they're not taking care of themselves mentally, their self-care. We saw it during COVID, during the pandemic, where everyone kind of went into their own little form of depression, where you know. I, I looked at the leaders that were really the best during that time. Uh, guys like Tony Robbins really excelled during that time because it was all about serving others and also working on the mental wellness portion. And um, yeah, there was, there was these guys that fell apart. There was people that were on all the, they were like these, you know, Instagram and you know, all oh, I saw that, it. People that I were, know them personally they too. They were teaching. Oh, like, yeah. They were teaching couples leadership. And then they went, they got a divorce during that time. But right before COVID, they were selling classes on this stuff. And then like, literally like they, they, they fell apart, completely yeah. fell apart. COVID exposed a lot of weaknesses. Yes. And it's because again, they weren't working on these things. So the mental wellness aspect, taking care, like your personal self-care and everyone's different. I think, um, you know, my husband for him, his self-care is like, he wants to do jujitsu or he wants to go surfing or he, that just sounds miserable to me. I don't want to do that. You know I mean? fun. Have, yeah, that's not fun to me, but that's fun to him, right? Yeah. So I, I got to know what's what's going to work for me to meet sure. my needs. Um, so same thing. And then your finance. It's not just about making money. It's about how much do you save and how much do you keep and how much whoever and has invest. a bigger bank account honestly has the, like they hold their head the highest and they have the most confidence. And so when, they're, when shit hits the fan and it's going to, you don't think 2008, 9-11, uh, the the pandemic, I went through all of those crises mm-hmm. and my business grew yep. uh, 63% during the pandemic, 100% during those other ones. Mm-hmm. It exploded during those times uh, because why? Because we have a solid foundation. We didn't panic once. We had to pivot a little here and there. But honestly, when everyone else is going nuts, that's usually opportunities to serve others and help them in those needs and then grow your business. So we we did great during those times. So when you have those, that solid foundation, that well-rounded leadership style, um, your your people aren't going to fall apart either. Your business is not going to fall apart because you're building solid people. Yeah. And that's the key. And I I don't mean to talk over you. I'm just trying to... uh, um, you know, basically reinforce what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I, I want to share, I want to share something that has helped me greatly as a leader and by no means am I perfect. Yeah. However, this allows me to continually get better on a weekly basis. And it's funny. I read this really good book by Dale Carnegie. It's called the leader in you. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've probably read it, right? It's a I great, haven't, but I've heard of that one. But yeah. It talks about I like Dale Carnegie a lot. So that's, I'm yeah. Sure. I mean, he's like praise, you know, his <laughs> style, like praise, compliment, sandwich, tactfulness, but he analyzes uh, Fortune 500 CEOs primarily mm-hmm. as leaders and, and, and basically interviews them um, in his time of writing, which we all know was 20s, 30s, and 40s, I believe, maybe 50s too. But anyways, he talks about this concept of analyzing your week on a Sunday night, right? Mm-hmm. Analyzing the past week, forecasting the week to come. And, and the timetables could be different, month, yeah. quarter, year, decade. But the point is, as a leader, one of the one of the best things I started doing was that I prefer Sunday night. It doesn't, or excuse me, Sunday morning. It doesn't have to be Sunday morning or Sunday night. It could be Saturday morning, could be Friday afternoon, whatever's best. 
I use Sunday morning. And one of the best things that's helped me grow as a leader, which is exactly what you're talking about is I have a personal system where I reflect on the past week and I look at it in different different categories. My, my morning routine is gratitude journaling, meditation, and affirmations. Very, very Napoleon Hill, very Catherine Ponder, May McCarthy, Florence Shin, right? Beasts and the law of attraction. But the point that I'm getting at is that's one section, morning routine. I'll analyze everything there, look at opportunity areas, look at strong points. But then I also look at my fitness, my nutrition, my sleep, my leadership, everything, my family, stuff of that nature. And I, what I do is I use percentages. So I'm a numbers guy, you know what I mean? So like, I have to do like percentages. Like you're, you're a numbers girl, right? I would have, I would have, no, no. All right. No, I, I mean, it's a more like task and priorities, but, but yeah, numbers for, for data, for analytics of like, yeah. okay, where, you know, where to improve, but yeah. And then get ratios. So for instance, one of my big pushes right now at year 14 is work on, not in, mm -hmm. on, not in, right? And I'm at that like 85% on, like 90% on. But the thing about it is, and I know that 15, that 10 to 15, maybe 20%, depending on the week is a huge opportunity area because it's all ego. I'm like, but I want to be in the business. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I don't want to give up the little bit of control that I have left when it comes to daily activities, but I know that it needs to be done. And that's the self-reflection and analyzation as a, as a human and as a leader that has really helped me personally grow and my leadership grow. And I'm not saying that I'm the best or perfect. I'm just saying that's a personal system that has worked for me. I don't know if you use anything similar. Yeah. I mean, I've done lots of different things over the years and then made tweaks and adjustments that I, as I had one kid became a mom, got married, you know, mm -hmm. was now in a partnership. But then also as I had three kids, oh my gosh, like three is the hardest, but you know, so I had to make changes, but yeah, I've done lots of different things like that over the years. Um, I've learned to kind of evolve. My business plan is kind of creating, it's not like so many people set a business plan or goals at the beginning of the year or do New Year's resolutions. And I just don't even deal with that stuff. I mean, it's like constantly changing all the oh, time. Yeah. My vision's yeah. growing as I'm exposed to different things or different leaders or different environments. But yes, I would say that you do need to have um, a time where you say, Hey, how did today go? Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing Sunday night, that's awesome. Um, I would do daily, um, mm -hmm. especially if you're in the beginning phases of getting your business off the ground, or you're in a big growth phase, uh, daily at minimum, Ed, my I'll tell you does three times a day, uh, at least like many, many days. Um, and we've gotten it down to like almost every hour in the beginning, like when, like and Ed will tell you this too, like, um, in the beginning, when and if you're trying to really grow this thing, we would reflect every hour. Like, like did what did I do to this hour? Did I wow. mess around with the guys in the office, you know, talking crap in the office? Did I, you know, check emails and paperwork and things that don't really grow it? You know, was I working in versus on? And really, like I would ask myself, hey, if I'm a multi-seven figure earner. And there was a camera on me right now and my supervisors or my mentors or whoever was watching me this last, last hour, am I worth $2 million, $3 million, $5 million a year in pay, $10 million? Does that make sense? So, oh, yeah. but, so then like, I'm taking almost, notes. 
Yeah, almost every hour. And then, like you said, that Sunday one is really important. That Sunday one, because I don't know, for me, Sunday is a more mellow day. Not for everybody. And again, it depends on your business. Maybe as an entrepreneur, your business Sunday, Saturday and Sunday is your biggest day of the week. That's that's common. But for me, Sunday is more of a mellow day. And so, um, you know, it's like faith, family day, kind of hangout day. Um, and but Sunday night, I do kind of reflect on where we're at in relation to the month's goals and how we did this week. And then what do we have to make up for the next week? Then I also call my key leaders in my, in my business. Sometimes I'll call their spouses and that sounds weird, but I'll call the spouses. Hey, how are you feeling about everything? How are things going? You'll learn a lot too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and then I'll talk to them about their goals for this following week and where they're at in relation to their monthly quarterly and annual goals. So, um, and it's a lot of those, those calls are a lot of what you talked about, um, uh, Carnegie's uh, in praise and encourage and recognition strategy, sure. you know, like, Hey, you know, I believe in you because it's more of those. It's not like a Monday morning sales call. It's not, it's more of a encouragement, praise, recognition. Here's the goal for the week. How you feeling? What are you thinking about? It's those types of calls that I'll make, but definitely a lot of reflection, but you can break it down to nightly at least. So nightly you go through, Hey, how'd my day look? There was a lot of openings. There was a lot of wasted time. You know, what's going on tomorrow? Where can I fill the gaps in my schedule tomorrow? So it's kind of like pre-planning your day. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Ed Milet is the one who taught me this. So, I mean, I, I know he does this still to oh, this yes. day. A yeah. lot of my other coach, I have another coach, Jeff, who like really is uh, anal about pre-planning. But um, Same. anyway, so, so <laughs> basically the night before you open up your calendar, your whatever you use, and you look at what did I do today? Like really, what did I do this week? But really what did I do today? And I, yeah, I didn't do this. I didn't even talk to my mentor, like not even once this week. You know, So you're kind of analyzing those things and then you're filling in the gaps um, for the next day. But I would take it a, another step further if you could and then visualize. Let's oh, say yeah. you have a really big client appointment at three o'clock tomorrow. Visualize you closing that sale, mm-hmm. getting that check, whatever. So visualizing the best possible scenario of that day. Um, and then, um, and then again, checking accountability and checking in with yourself a few times a day of like, Hey, am I being productive? You know, I mean, I'm, this is for high performers. I mean, I'm not talking to guys that are like flipping on the TV when they get home and stuff like that, but this is just, again, to take it to the next level in, and, and then when you do this, I'll just tell you how I do it now, how it's evolved is I have have those quadrants, Mm -hmm. faith, family, fitness, finance, so that when you are reading your goals every night and visualizing the next week or the next day, um, it's not just business. Then you don't get too off balance as a crazy maniac because when you read your goals and it's all four of them, it it kind of, you look at your life, your vision, the the, the person you're becoming and the life that you're creating versus just the business and getting too, you know, tunnel vision. It kind of rebalances you on a nightly basis. Yes. Uh, gold, absolute gold right there. And I will say this daily, whenever I, and, and this is just putting into perspective what I do yeah. um, daily when I'm quote unquote done and it's time to move on to family, I analyze the day. And then before I go to bed, I analyze the day again and fill in for the next day. However, the blueprint for the week is there from Sunday yeah. night. So Adding that hourly or multiple times a day analyzation is just next level and, and excellent advice. I appreciate that. Um, 
thank you for shedding some some gold on us with that. Now, We're never perfect with it, trust me. Like, oh, I mean, Ed yeah. sounds like he is. I'm sure he isn't even, We're, but you know, all human. <laughs> but yeah. I for sure have gone weeks without, you know, doing stuff like this. But it, but I tell you, it does it does make a huge difference. And I, I must say, uh, I recently met Ed in St. Louis in May for the first time. And um, probably the most humble dude I've ever come across, let alone awesome. Uh, I mean, just, you know this, but I just have to say that um, he's awesome. So learning from him and Maxwell, and I forget the other guy's name, but must have been. Um, yeah, there's, I've had, I've been very blessed to have lots of different great coaches. Rich Thali is the other one I mentioned. Rich. Yeah. That's right. And and now I, I know it's not new anymore. However, it's like kind of new. Now you wrote a book and you clearly teach what we're talking about, or at least I'm assuming because you're on my stack of books to read, including Ed's Ed's new one. Yeah. So that's a great maybe, book too. Yeah, because you recommended read them one after another, which I'm gonna do. They're great like, together. They're really great together, actually. Yeah, it's like student and teacher, right? So, so can you can you shed a little bit of light on maybe some other things that you teach in the book outside of yeah. what we discussed today? Uh, Happy and strong. That book. Yeah, yeah, my book. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, no, that came out in uh, May, and you know, I never wanted to write a book. Honestly, people have asked me um, <laughs> to write books with them or co-write, and I'm like, nope. I just didn't want the distraction of uh, taking away from my business at all. So I always said no, but during COVID, I just did, I saw it. I saw, it seemed like everyone, so many of these entrepreneurs was just in their own little depression and they didn't have these tools. And so, um, so I wrote the book. I, I, again, as soon as I kind of made it in my mind, the idea of like, yeah, I guess I'll do this. All these wonderful people came to my aid, like the John Maxwell, my mom even called and said, Hey, I'm coming out. So if you can want to do any new projects, you know, I'll do all the pickups and the drop-offs and, and, uh, cooking so that you can do something, you know, she was bored in quarantine, I think. And she wanted it. <laughs> so it really was, I feel very divine, you know, as far as like being able to write that and do it so quickly, but, um, but the book typically is for an entrepreneur or someone who is a high achiever that wants to have it all, you know, and wants to win in business. And so the first half of the book is how to do that. How, if you want to make multiple seven figures, how to do that, how to create a clear vision and um, and the things that you need to do to create that dream life that you want. The middle of the book is how to turn yourself into a leader because I think that's really, really important no matter which industry you're in. Oh, yeah. Um, it's how to turn yourself into a leader and how to build other leaders. So again, that you can get to the point where you're talking about having lifestyle, having a business that uh, that you're working on uh, but not necessarily in it, driving it, uh, you know, 24 seven so yep. that you can have lifestyle that again, you can have this dream life that you um, are envisioning. Cause if you're in it all the time and, you know, I've seen, so I see entrepreneurs that have to take separate vacations from their families. It's just ridiculous because they're always having to, 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 to drive the thing. Yeah. And then the second half of the book is what everybody wants. How do you have it all? How do you juggle it all? Jamie, that's like the number one question I get. How do you have four kids and have this incredible business that pays you, you know, multi-millions with, without you really having to touch it every day? And, and then, um, and then of course, all the philanthropy and all the other things that, that they see that I'm involved in. So they're like, how do you do that? How do you travel the world every quarter and, you know, all this stuff? So, so that uh, there's a lot 
and I mean a lot of tools in there of how to build a great business with a solid foundation, how to make it a business that lasts, uh, but also again, how to, to have the life that you want. And everybody's different. I mean, some people don't want what I have. They don't want, you know, four kids and those things, but it's for you to identify what you do want so that it can be a fuel for you. The vision. Yeah. Yes. And then how to achieve it. And then again, mm -hmm a business that lasts. Again, I want you when you get there to absolutely adore your life that you're again, you know, in a, in a situation that is, is built to last that it's on, on that solid foundation so that when the tough times come and they will come, there will be a, the next thing. They'll, they'll be the next, you know, yeah. chaos and trial. And it's, this comes around adversity comes around. It just keeps, it doesn't end. That's what this, this life is going to, it's going to keep dishing it out. And so when it happens that you're not panicking, you're not, you know, that things become very, very um, systematized and simple and you have peace. Yeah. And the adversity is a lesson. What, what, what is this teaching me? We, yeah. we know this right now, your book, happy and strong uh, Amazon, where else can they find it? Pretty much anywhere books are sold. They can find it. I think Amazon's probably the easiest and Amazon's loving that book. So it's, it's constantly going on different sales and stuff. It's probably the, the least expensive place to buy it. <laughs> but, uh, so, so yeah, it's, uh, it's anywhere books are sold. I think, or you can go to my website, happyandstrong.com. Uh, fantastic. Uh, when I went on to get your book, I noticed you had like 3000 five-star reviews, give or take. Is it that about I don't, right. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe it was 2000. I mean, I might I be know. off by a thousand, but uh, it was a lot. It was, it was four figures. So I was like, wow, that's impressive. Um, now, if anyone's looking to connect with you or follow your teachings, where can they find you? Instagram, Facebook? Yeah. Instagram, Facebook. I think Facebook's happy and strong. And Instagram is jamie.villalobos. There's a couple of fake ones out there. So be careful, but jamie.villalobos. Yeah. And, um, the, yeah, I would, uh, I would check in, you know, regularly because I'm giving tips on entrepreneurship on there on, um, balance, uh, tips for women entrepreneurs, if you have women in your audience, but, but it's really about just the high achiever that wants to win and wants again, to, to make sure it's built the correct way. Um, the, the book is great. It, it is endorsed by Maxwell and all those great guys. Ed Milet wrote the foreword. Um, but I think that anyone who's really wanting to build the business, build a business that um, provides a great life. Uh, so many people build a business that provides a great income or, uh, you know, famous, yeah. you know, like this, yeah, this, yeah. this, this, uh, it's not just about the lifestyle. That's wonderful. Of course, I want you to be making money. I want you to win in that regard right. completely. Right. Uh, if buying jets and cars and houses is your thing, I've had, you know, all those fun things too, but it's not, it's more than that. So I would just challenge people to not just settle for success when you can have significance. Ooh. Um, powerful, powerful to say the least. And um, I'm going to ask you one last thing before we go, uh, which is going to be just one simple piece of advice that you could offer uh, new entrepreneurs. Uh, but before I uh, get that answer from you, I want to express to the audience the significance of what you teach. And uh, last time we had a call, which when you were teaching our ma uh, my mastermind, and I think you gave us like 90 minutes that night and just killed it. 
I mean, killed it. Everyone was ranting and raving about how awesome you were. And I'm pretty sure everyone followed you and bought your book in the mastermind. But the point that I'm getting at is I took several pages of notes and I don't think I know it all, but you taught me something I've never heard of, hmm. which is you were talking about how you're building what you or your family or your name will be known for a century after you pass away. Oh, yeah. And I took that and the next morning I meditated on it. I visualized on it. I wrote it down. When I meditate, I'll come out of it and write notes just so I don't forget. Um, but long story short, uh, it was probably the most eye-opening um, perspective and piece of advice that I've absorbed from anyone, let alone a leader in the in this year, let alone probably the past few years. And yeah. uh, I I just want to reinforce the depth and knowledge that you have and teach and you've accomplished. So thank you for that. I hope it lands with everyone listening. Um, what would you tell an upcoming entrepreneur, like one piece of advice that they should definitely know before we go? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so many things, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that long-term thinking, like you just mentioned that my business plan goes a hundred years past when I pass away, it's all, you know, I have a lot of legacy goals right now, but, um, but yeah, I mean, what, what are you building? What are you building? I mean, so many people cut corners when they're building their business uh, because they're thinking so short-term they're thinking of money right now. Mm -hmm. The decisions that they're making when they're dealing with their people are about money right now in their pocket versus what's best for their people. Cause what's best for their people is always long-term going to be what's best for you. Right? So that more long-term thinking, yes, there's going to be times where shit hits the fan. There's going to be times where it's going to be tough. That's welcome to entrepreneurship. Hello. Yeah. Like if you're, if you don't have thick skin, then don't go get a job. Really. Yeah, go work you know, for it's, it's going to be tough. And it's going to be times where you're like, is this really, am, am I cut out for this? But my advice would be to know, keep going, keep going. And to understand when the adversity comes, it's for your good. It's for your good. That's um, actually one of the favorite chapters for people read in my book is all this is for thy good. And it's how to take adversity and turn it into something that's an equal or greater benefit to you in growth. And uh, how to be grateful for it, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, and look at it the as lesson? a positive. It's yeah. it, that's a skill yeah. that I think it's it's learnable. Yeah. But um, but to understand when it's happening, to look for that seed of benefit, you know. And there's going to be hard things. There's going to be hard things, not just in business. There's going to be death in the family. There's going to be sickness. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be you know really hard things sometimes. Something is going on with your kid that's breaking your heart, or maybe, you know, your, your mother's sick or ill or cancer or whatever. We've gone through all of these things. A business partner lies and cheats and steals from you. There's going to be oh, things, yeah. there's going to be things, you know, that happen. And so don't quit. Mm -hmm. Don't quit is my advice. And I'll tell you, if I can do it, you can do it. If this little gal from a trailer in Montana that grew up, you know, it, the way I did in poverty, if she can do it, then you can do it. And so there's just, you're going to have to probably, you know, get through these hard things and, you know, come back better from it. You're going to probably have to find great mentors, people that are better than you. You're going to have to put your ego in your pocket and say, you know, tell me what to do next. I need help. 
And you're going to have to take that coaching without asking all your freaking dumb questions of why, why should I do that? Why? Well, well, I already tried that. Stop it. Just say, tell me what to do next coach and take this advice and do it. Find people that care about you, find good mentors and listen to them. Um, mentorship, you know, you're being tough through the adversity um, and then just don't ever quit. And people say, I've heard it. People that actually coach uh, entrepreneurs have said like, um, there's going to be a time where you're going to have to know when's enough and you're going to have to quit. And I'm like, no, you don't. There's for me, there's no excuses and quitting is not an option. And I would just tell people like, this is it. I've planted my flag. This is where my family's dreams are going to come true. And if not, they're going to find me dead in the office. Like that's it. Like there's just, there's no plan B there's no, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to do this instead. I've learned all my boats with any type of plan B that's out there. And, uh, and that was it. And that this was where I, I kind of put the blinders on. So many people are looking at for greener grass or an easier way, or, well, maybe if I jump ship to this other company that's offering me this higher contract or no, I put the blinders on. This is it. This is where I'm planting my flag. If it's something that you believe in and you believe that what you're doing is right, you love it, then just keep going, going through the tough stuff, going through the crap, going through. If it's not working, it doesn't mean it's not going to work. It just means your business plan is wrong. Redo it. Find good mentors, get some good advice, and then keep going, keep growing through it. And uh, and it will all work out awesome. So <laughs> I would tell my old version of myself, keep going. And if there's a way that you can do it smarter and faster, again, through mentorship or other things, then do it, but just don't quit. The, the interesting part about high-level advice is it's the most simple shit. Don't quit. It, it's really that simple. You just don't quit. And like you're saying, find people that care about you. People yeah. that care about you will hold your ass accountable is really what yeah. it comes down to. And then on top of it, and one of the biggest opportunity areas for myself as I was coming up was give up and trust. Just trust, give up and trust that it will all work yeah, out because, because it eventually does one way or another, yeah. whether you have your head up your ass or not. Yeah, yeah the affirmations that you talked about. I would just tell myself it might not be working now, but it's gonna work, right? If I just keep doing this, it's going yeah. to work. You know, not I'm not telling you to do the same thing that doesn't work over and over again. Again, find better ways and get mm -hmm. get coaching. But I think people quit um, even when they don't think that they quit. So when I say don't quit, I mean don't quit doing like what you know that you need to do to get to the next level. Sure. So some people will give up and settle. Like they'll get to a quarter million income or something and say, well, this is good. I've worked really hard for a long time yeah. and my business, is, my business is yep. doing good and maybe oh, yeah. I don't have to work so hard anymore. Yep. They're not doing the personal growth that they used to do in the beginning. They're Victim, not reading the success. books that they used to read. So they still quit. Yep. They still settle oh, for yeah. what it, which is not their dream, which is right. not their ideal life, which is not the best version of themselves. They settling is still quitting. And that's what mm -hmm. I'm saying by don't quit. So for me, I, I, I feel like you need a bigger vision, an ideal life that's way bigger than, and that's, again, has to do with that long-term thing. A hundred years about. past your death. Yeah, that's some crazy, I that's mean, some, I, I, that's I, some billionaire us, shit. Yeah, most of us 
have very small vision. I know yeah. I did when I first started. I was like, if I could just make what I was making at my job and have my own schedule, that would be a dream come true. Right. So I had very tiny vision and it's been stretched. And I've had to work on stretching it and thinking bigger yeah. and being around big visionaries to help me to, to think of what's possible. And I want you guys to have such an awesome long-term vision for your life and some short-term, like exciting, like, oh, I want to you know, maybe it's getting completely out of debt or buying your dream home or getting that awesome car or getting the jet. I want you to have those short-term goals too, but I want you to have a vision for your life. That's so much bigger than just you and your little family, because you will quit someday. If it's people say it's not about the money, but they quit at that, at that, you know, 250,000 or at that 500,000 or at that million dollar income, they don't, they're not the same. They're a more comfortable, casual version of themselves. They're not attacking. They're not growing at the same pull off the gas pedal. They take their foot off the gas pedal. So that's still quitting. That's still settling in my mind. So the way that you have uh, a way of continuing to personally develop and grow and become that better version is your long-term vision is bigger than you. And so for me, yeah, that I have it, you know, hundred years past when I pass away, but a lot of it is that she built champions. All this is, is in the book is even a small piece of this bigger vision of I'm building leaders. I'm building leaders that are going to change the world. So I'm building, you know, I'm teaching them leadership skills, I'm showing them how to become wealthy. Those two skills combined, I believe you can change the world with those. You can change your world at least when you have leadership skills and you have money. So that I'm trying then then to light a little fire in them of philanthropy. Because if let's say, let's say you're you're passionate about helping the vets and their yeah. suicide rate. Okay. Yep. Maybe I'm passionate about ending sex trafficking. Yeah. Another person's passionate about uh, kids with autism or orphans in Uganda or pygmies in Africa, you know? And so if we can spark that, then they continue to grow because it's yep. bigger than themselves and Legacy. they don't ever stop. And then you keep, you go way past the, the seven figure mark mm-hmm. because you're constantly trying to get better as a leader to serve others. For others, the, the selfless leadership style model. Even if you're small leadership's about service, you guys. Uh, always. Oh, I mean, always. And, and even, even to the degree I'll add, even being, I don't know, probably 95% selfless. I catch myself being selfish and I, I figured out, I'm like, fuck, I'm being selfish. My, my thinking, yeah. my thought turn pattern. To, Chris, yeah. turn it to um, being self-full. Self-full? So self-full is not selfish. Self-full is putting yourself first as far as your self-care needs. So that means like whatever it is that you need. Like I said, for my husband, it's the jujitsu play Mm. time, right? Or (laughs) that type of stuff. Yeah, fill in the glass. When you mentally are clear, if you're burnout, you're not going to be the best leader. If you're a mom or a dad, you're not going to be the best parent. You know, you're not going to be the best um, spouse if you're burnout. So self-full means self-care. It used to be for me when I was that, 24 hour, you know, kind of leader. Mm-hmm. I was, it was about everybody else, like, you know, mm-hmm. my business and everybody in it and, you know, not, not losing ground in when I was growing my business. Um, then it turned and after that was, then it was my kids. Of course, anything that was going on with them was a priority. Then my poor husband got like nothing left. Guess who got zero it was me. So now I flip that. So now I make sure my needs are met so I can be the sharpest, getting the most inspiration, the like hungriest leader possible, yep. driving this thing. I need to take care of myself first. Yep. Then it comes my spouse, the date nights and those things that you talked about to keep that fresh, to keep that fire, to keep that like exciting. 
quoting. Next. Yeah. Yeah, because if that's boring, then that's not going to serve you anywhere. You're not you're going to be unhappy. Remember, happy and strong is the goal, right? Next, kids, of course, you know, if, if something's going wrong there, then you're a freaking mess. Like, trust me, when you have kids, then mm-hmm. um, and then the last one is the business. But when these things are good, this is the best. Yeah, and that's what I teach. For instance, four a.m. to nine a.m. every day for seven days a week is me, and then everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's fundamentally what you're talking about just in the different capacity using myself yep. as an example. So, yeah. um, I teach about it in my book, but, uh, we're not here to talk about that book. We're here to talk <laughs> about your book. Um, listen, we're, we're over the mark. Um, I, I want you to know that I greatly appreciate your time, um, and all of the value in gold that you deliver. I, I love being a student and I love being around people that can teach me. So just know that I'm grateful for you. I'm sure the audience is grateful for you guys. Make sure you follow Jamie, make sure you definitely pick up a copy of her book and everything that she does. I mean, every Everything that she does is great. I even entertain your fake accounts just to kind of like play with them. And, they're just and, trying to, they're Bitcoin scams. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, listen, all you crypto guys are broke right now. Okay. So we don't want to hear anything you have to say. So get the hell out of here to say the least. Yeah. But, um, but no, just know that I appreciate you and, um, and, and you killed it today. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Can I kick it? Mr. Dinkins, would you please?